You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The base for our sermon today comes from St. Luke's Gospel, the 14th chapter, verses 25 to 35. Now great crowds accompanied Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a temple, does not first sit down and count the costs, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is not yet a great way off, sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Please be seated. Count the cost. That's good advice, whether engaging in construction or destruction, whether building or going to war. Think of how many, pardon me, how many abandoned projects, how many ill-conceived wars, how many bad business decisions could have been averted by a little preemptive bookkeeping. And what I just read, those words from Luke, Jesus is talking about hating. Yes, hating even one's own family. Father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. And when we hear that, we may say, wow. Just when you think that Christians are supposed to be focused on the family, Jesus comes along and says, you have to hate your family in order to follow him. And this is definitely one of those passages that the atheist types like to parade around to show how crazy religion, and specifically Christianity, can be. For on the one hand, you're supposed to love your enemies. And on the other hand, you have to hate your family. On the one hand, you're commanded to honor father and mother. And then on the other hand, you're told that you hate are to hate your father and mother along with the rest of the clan. And if that's not bad enough, it gets even worse. Jesus says, now I hate your family, but also hate your own life. The life that God gave you in the first place, a life we cling to with all our life. Jesus now wants you to renounce that and to even hate in order to be his disciples. It's a wonder, I think, that Jesus had any disciples left after this. 
And then he puts it as bluntly as possible. He says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You see, crosses kill. They're inevitably fatal. Jesus is not talking about some superficial flesh wound of self-denial, such as giving up chocolate or bacon or cheese for Lent. But rather, this is plain as day, dropping dead to your entire life, your family, your friends, your health, your wealth, your loves, and everything that you possibly can't live without. Jesus says, so therefore, anyone who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, we're not talking about inconvenience here. We're not talking about some of these pesky little problems one encounters in life, like an ingrown toenail or a car that won't start or the fact that the carpet doesn't match the upholstery on your couch. We're talking about dropping dead. Jesus is talking about losing your life. Everything you are and everything you have, your entire life support system. Losing that in order to save your life. And to drive home the point, he fires off a couple rhetorical parables about counting the cost. Who among you desiring to build a tower? Or maybe we'd say today, build a home. Doesn't count the cost to make sure he has enough to complete the project. Or what king goes out to encounter another king in war without first calculating whether his 10,000 troops can stand up against the enemy's 20,000 troops? And if not, he sends a peace delegation post-haste. It's all pretty common sense. And in the same way, in the very words of Jesus, that any of you does not renounce all that he has, He cannot be my disciple. Any volunteers? Now look to whom Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to the crowds. He's speaking to those hordes of humanity that were following him all over the place. Those people that were seeking his miracles, his favors, his special dispensations, his other divine favors, because Jesus was dishing them out left and right. There were the looky-loos and the religiously curious. There were the theology wonks and people trying to trap Jesus in his own words. Jesus just couldn't go anywhere without drawing a crowd. But they have any idea where he was heading. And therein lies the key. Jesus is heading to Jerusalem, to the cross, to his atoning death as Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And you know what? He counted the cost. He was going to battle against sin and death and the devil, not with an army of soldiers who are willing to die for a cause, but entirely his own. Not with 20,000 versus 10,000, but single-handedly. Jesus counted the cost, and he laid down his life. 
So everyone is begging Jesus for some little favor to make this life a little easier and more convenient and less painful and less stressful. Jesus was taking up the ultimate battle to win our eternal life with God, to restore fallen humanity to the image of God, to bring us from death to life. He renounced all, family, friends, wealth, power, influence. He renounced his whole life to save us, to save you. Jesus counted the cost of your salvation. Jesus considered each of you worth the price of his blood. As Luther says, not with gold or silver were you purchased and won for God, but with the holy, precious blood and innocent suffering and death of Jesus so that you may be God's own, so you may be a child of God, that you may live under him and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness that he gives you as a free gift of his grace. But here's the truth. None of us would be disciples of Jesus if we count the cost. We'd never dig the foundation. We'd never send the troops to battle because we're dead. We're born in sin. We can't free ourselves. And no amount of cost accounting or bookkeeping is going to help. You want to build a tower to God like they tried to do at Babel? Well, good luck in that. Our stairways to heaven fall short of the glory of God and simply become a laughingstock amongst religious. You want to do battle with sin, death, and the devil? You want to deal with the wrath of God and the law in your terms? But then you count the cost and see if you have enough to justify yourself. You don't. The cross won't, your cross won't save you. It will kill you. Simply dying doesn't save you. Dying in Christ is what saves you. Being buried with Christ saves you. Being joined to him through baptism and his death is what saves you. Hating your life in this life means letting go of your life as you hold it so that you can receive it as Christ holds it. Renouncing your life means setting so, letting go of your control and recognize that Christ has better control of it. Hating father and mother and wife and children, brother and sister does not mean dishonoring them. It doesn't mean doing evil to them. It doesn't even mean feeling negatively toward them. This is not about hate the feeling. This is about two ways of having things. The way of death and the way of life. Now we can hold things, including your own life, with a death grip. And in the end, we'll lose everything. Or we can recognize that God and Christ holds these things for us in a way that we cannot and instead hold everything with an open, dead hand of faith. That's the way of life. 
loving the Lord, listening to his voice, holding fast to him in faith. For he is your life, is what it says in Deuteronomy. We die in Christ in order to live. This is what makes us Christians. We die to live. We see the cross as an instrument of life and not death. This is the salt that makes us salty, that seasons the world with the savor of Jesus' death and resurrection. And if we lose that, if we lose the one thing needful, if we lose Jesus' death and resurrection as the heart and center of what it means to be a disciple, that means indeed we're not fit for the soil or the manure pile. This is about Jesus dying in order to live, dying in Jesus in order to live. This is about being crucified with him in order to have life with God. This is about the way of life instead of the way of death. Father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, brother, sister, they can't save your life. They can't give you life. You can't save your life. Only Jesus can. Only his death and resurrection can do it. Count the cost of discipleship. And then give praise and thanks to Jesus that because of him, the cost is paid in full. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpass all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.